While Unabashed You started for women, it became clear men are benefiting from the content, so we've decided to refresh the brand a bit. You will still see the pair with the teal background and the name Unabashed You stays the same. Instead of women talking about stuff, because that is no longer accurate, we've moved to conversations to become who you already are. On the website, it goes on to say, be who you are without apology, as you are one of a kind without equal. These conversations will help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. So listen, read, and be inspired. And today, I say thanks for joining us. Sarah has a great laugh. She loves all things humorous, and yet there is a side to her that is serious and goes deep, like making changes when she sees things could be better, like the strong-held belief every opportunity for you is a chance to show up the way you believe. In short, be yourself, always. Sounds pretty unabashed to me. Sarah is a people person, and it shows. I'm guessing she's an extrovert fueled by others. Sarah, without an H, is our Insta Summer guest for this episode. We met through the podcasting community we are both a part of. I learned in short order, she has not one, but two podcasts. One is The Wedding Dish, where she talks all things wedding, and Laughing with Gingers, where she and another redhead, yes, she has red hair, talk about funny things, which makes them laugh and the audience laugh too. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> we're already we're already into the laughter part of things. That is wonderful. I love it. And and just a little aside, listener, uh, Sarah and I seem to have this. Uh, kind of bent towards making each other laugh during the various little chats that 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 we have we're off to the side of our little zoom calls chatting and and making each other laugh so (laughs) kindred spirit here for sure is there anything you want listeners to know about you before we kind of get more started than we already have um I mean you kind of covered it I'm I'm Sarah without an age (laughs) (laughs) I've got red hair. I have two podcasts and I just love laughing and being with people. Yes. Yes. As do I. So thank you for that. What three words would you use to describe yourself? So I would say intuitive, passionate, and kind. Oh, intuitive, passionate, and kind. I would have thought some kind of a humor or wackadoodly kind of, uh, you know, would have, would have made its way in there. But I love, I love what you said. I love what you said. And I, I appreciate how people have to kind of look, oh, how do I see myself? What are the words I would use to describe myself? And I really want people to own that, you know, just really own your words. Two truths and a lie. I think you're going to be really good at this. Ah, that's because I play games on laughing with gingers all the time. <laughs> I love games. Games are great. Um, so my first word was platypus. 
My, I read three books at a time because otherwise I'm mourn when I end the book. And I got lost at the San Diego Zoo and probably should have been a leash child. <laughs> oh, those are good. Okay. I'm going to say the lie that is the first word was platypus. <laughs> So it was actually elephant. So it was still a three-syllable oh word. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> you actually said elephant as your first word. How advanced were you? Oh my gosh. We wow. did, we, went, we went to the zoo that day and uh, my grandfather was a zookeeper. So um, <gasps> for real? Yeah. Yeah. He's actually very famous in the zoology world because he was the oh. first person that ever got Bengal tigers to breed in captivity. Um, Dan Danford at the Toledo Zoo in Ohio. Um, <laughs> Great. So I was around a lot of animals growing up. Okay. All right. So elephant, not platypus, but my goodness gracious. <laughs> Sheesh. Okay. It and seemed this... like a far lie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. And the second thing that you said was, remind me. I read at least three books okay. at a time. I do kind of remember you saying something about this on one of our calls. Okay, really? so, that, that, so that's true because we already ferreted out the lie. Are they three novels? So they have to be very different subject matter, but it doesn't matter if it's novel versus nonfiction. Okay, so you're able to keep the storyline straight and not converge storylines. Like, yes. well, wasn't Sally in this book? Wait a minute. What happened to her? Okay. You're able to really keep it straight. And you do that because you love books so much and stories so much that you do not want to have that grieving period when we have really enjoyed a book because you've got two other ones and a new one you're going to be starting. Yeah, exactly. That, now I'm fascinated by that. How and okay. So we know kind of the why. <laughs> I'm going to ask the when, when did you kind of start that and decide I, I'm too sad when books are over? It had to have been after college because I feel like I was too busy in college yes. for that mental space. Oh. And in high school, I played so many sports and I was the captain of stage crew and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, or I was the head of stage crew and I was always like volunteering and, um, I'm sure that's all shocking to you. Um, <laughs> no. and I had a job too. So, um, you know, I, I was, I don't think I would have had the mental space in, so it had to have been after college, but it was probably relatively soon after college. And it was probably sometime around like traveling like centered around traveling, because okay. if I finished the book while I was traveling, oh, yes. then I would like go through a mourning process and have to find a book that felt like the right fit afterward. And it's so hard to find that next book that you yes. like connect with in your heart. So um, that would be my guess. Um, but it, so right now I'm reading um, The Goldfinch and the second book of The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the third one? The E-Myth Revisited. <laughs> okay, interesting. Okay, I read The Goldfish, we, Goldfinch. We need to chat when you're, you're done with it. I'm not going to say anything about it. Okay. He just got, I think he just got on the bus is where okay. I am right now. All right. Okay. 
right. All right. It, it kind of felt, I will say this, it felt like three books in one in the sense that so much happened to the, his life that it, it felt like, oh, that seemed like a different book. Oh, this seems like it. Oh, that, you know what I mean? There, It just yeah. really covers so much of of his life and, and everything that, that he went through. Interesting. So something else that we can chat about for future little chats on the side, books, yes. reading, books, we're yes. reading. Okay. <laughs> and then you got lost at the San Diego zoo. Tell us about that. So this should be no surprise if you've ever listened to any of, if you've met me or you've listened to my podcast, <laughs> but I get distracted. Um, and it's not, it's, it's because I love people and I love to talk to people. So I was nine years old and this, I was at the San Diego zoo and this little boy came up and he was looking for one of the monkeys and he couldn't find the monkey in the, in the enclosure. And so I pointed it out to him. Um, but my whole family had left in that time period. And of course the San Diego zoo is one of the most popular things to do during the summer when you take your family and and so it was packed. And oh. um, yeah, I should have been a leash child. I was always talking to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, your your parents, your family must have just been sick thinking that, oh, that yeah. they had moved on without you, without obviously without meaning to. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. And you were just fully focused helping this boy find the monkey. Yeah, I wanted to show him like the little monkey in the tree and oh he gosh. was very appreciative. And then I turned around and everyone was gone. <laughs> Do you have a, an estimate either in, in your nine-year-old brain or from your family telling you how long you were quote unquote lost from them? So they think it's longer than I think it was, um, which (laughs) tracks with being nine. Also, I don't know when they walked away, but they think it was 15 minutes. I think it was three. (laughs) Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. But I didn't go anywhere. I was still. Yeah, you just stood there, stood there waiting for something to happen. Did they walk back or did a a uniform, like you're taught, you know, find somebody in uniform and you can talk to them. Or stay where you are, which right. I didn't. I didn't do once I realized I was lost. Um, but they had left the zoo, and they what? had to convince the people. Oh so it, it probably realistically was a little longer than five minutes, but uh, or three minutes. But they had to convince the people to let them back in the exit, oh. and it was a group of like eight people because it was two families, oh. and. Um, so they had to, but I like went for the exit, you know, I took the path that I would have oh. thought that they would have taken. So they came back in the exit and I went around the corner oh. and um, found them pretty much right as they walked back inside. Oh my gosh. Did they just hug you and cry and whatever else you would think of in that moment? Or did, did someone say, you know, sometimes that fear turns into anger, like oh, right, could you walk away. Yeah, right, right. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, Ian, what were you doing? Yeah, exactly. Because of the fear. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is scary. And you remember that. I mean, because oh, yeah. you're, you're nine, so it's a formative memory. Woo, gosh. All right. One of your favorite movies of all time. Jurassic Park. <laughs> wow. Okay. The first one, the first one we're talking. Yes. 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 And somebody else said that too. Really? Yeah. 
Pavitra Eshwar, who's an artist, and I think she's second in the Insta Summer Series. She also said that. Now tell us your reasons why. So it was, I, I still, it still holds up. It has a great storyline. It has so much humor, like buried in the dramatic pieces. Like um, yes. when Samuel L. Jackson says, hold on to your butts. <laughs> and like, <laughs> there's so many good lines. And then um, strong female characters, especially for that time, not necessarily a little girl, but right. neither of the kids were particularly like, you know, <laughs> fighters uh, in the, you know, they did a lot of screaming and freaking out. <laughs> But that's what kids should do. I mean, realistically, that's probably what it looked like when I was nine and got lost at the zoo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I didn't even have dinosaurs chasing me. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, and, and just also like you got to appreciate how old that movie is and how you can still watch it today. And it is as good as it was. Now, is that early 90s, 93-ish, somewhere in there? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. And you're right. It does hold up. And the score is incredible. Is Is that a John Williams score? I don't know. Okay, I don't I'm either. a little I'm I embarrassed. Either. I don't know. But no, I, I'm only guessing that because of who who was Spielberg the first director on that one? Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Okay, that's the reason I'm guessing John Williams. I just feel like he would have used. And I do not follow composers. Let's let's be very clear on that. I'm not. A, a, but they did work together a lot, didn't he? Do Jaws? Uh, I don't know. We have a lot to look up. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we need a Googler person. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Let us know on Instagram, everybody. Yes, please, please do, please do. <laughs> And name a woman that inspires you. You know, I I kicked this around for a while. Yeah, good. And I love pondering, by the way. Pondering is one of my very favorite activities. Oh, I love pondering. that. I, I did not know that about you. Yes. I, I love ideating. That is one okay. of my favorite okay. activities. <laughs> okay. um, so I, you know, then the tendency is to go for someone who is a thought leader or famous. Um, but honestly, it's my mom. Right on. Now, hey, that is that is great. And that has been said before as well, because mothers, they if if you get a good one, right? Shades of gray, you you're gonna be loved like you're no one else can love you. I mean, it's yeah. just the, the love there is so unconditional and um, they are so for you. So tell us about your mom. So my mom started as a nurse um, and she was on, she was in the cancer ward, um, pediatric oh, oncology, oh, um, which was obviously a very, very difficult thing. Um, and she lost one of her patients that had been there with her for oh. years and she decided she couldn't take her heart, couldn't take it anymore. Um, and so she decided to become a flight attendant and she was a flight oh, wow. attendant for my whole life. Um, so she, uh, she was a flight attendant for 31 years. Um, Good for her. She, yeah. Yeah. And she just, 
she provided so many opportunities for us to travel, but she was, it felt like she was always there because she worked her schedule so that there was never a gap in her presence in our home, Um, which I can only imagine the toll that that took on her. Um, She, um, she would do turnarounds to Denver. So she'd fly. I'm based in the DC area, but she wasn't based in the DC area. She was based uh, 45 minutes North of Baltimore. So she would drive down to Dulles, which is like an hour and a half drive without traffic and then do a turnaround to Denver, which is like an eight hour um, time. Um, But that doesn't include time on the ground time, you know, getting through the airport. I mean, I can't imagine what that actually felt like for her. Um, but the fact that she never, it, it never felt like she wasn't there. Um, yeah. So she, she just is, she's super caring, super empathetic. She's brilliant. Um, and she is a bulldog for people she cares about. (laughs) She, she is just, she's a powerhouse and she will never let you forget how much you are loved and that you can do anything you put your mind to. Oh, well that, that's the ultimate in being a mom right there. Speaking all that life into you, being there for you, also providing for her family and the perks of being able to take your family places that you may not have been able to go otherwise. Yes. We would never have been able to afford to do the things that we did for trips, but it was cheaper for us to fly to Florida and go to the beach than it was for us to drive to Ocean City, Maryland and go to the beach. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Which is so weird, but it, it, so it always seemed like we took these crazy cool vacations to everybody else. But to us, it was like, this is the more budget-friendly thing to do. Yes, (laughs) yes. And it sounds like she was very, your family was very good with the budget, you know, working the numbers and making sure you could do what you could all within, you know, the budget. Yes, yeah. Very, um, very aware of all of the pieces that go into making the family unit run efficiently and, and happily. Well, what a great example she was for you. And I can only imagine that you have taken so much of what she gave you and incorporated that, well, not only into who you are, but how you live. Yes, oh. absolutely. See, that's that's what it's all about right there. My gosh, <laughs> I actually feel teary just even saying that because your mom sounds amazing and incredible and all those words we say, but I, I do really mean them, you know? I mean, some of our words, unfortunately, have been so overused that they've lost some of their impact. But uh, it it is awe. I I am filled with awe uh, hearing about what an example your mom was for you and how you are, you know, continuing that into your own life. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Very lucky. My dad is also an advocate for female entrepreneurs. So. Yay. We, well, hey, we love that too. We actually have men who listen to the show regular, regularly. So this is not, even though it's sort of, it was launched to be for women, it, it soon became clear that some men were listening as well. So I, and I, I welcome that. It's all good. It's all good yeah. in my, my eyes. Because uh, so much of this is not um, catered to women per se. I mean, these topics of being who you are is great for, for men as well. For everybody. For everybody. Yes. A piece of wisdom you keep handy. I can't wait to hear this. 
Um, <laughs> okay, so this one's going to sound like a, a pretty serious departure from everything else that we've been talking about. That's okay. Um, but every opportunity to meet someone or to be in front of anyone is a networking opportunity. So okay. um, make sure that you show up as the person that you want to be. Um and it is an opportunity to really showcase who you are as a person. So even if it's like a customer service person yes, and you're super frustrated, just remember, you never know who that person is on the other side. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. Oh, I like that. And that was maybe a little bit surprising. <laughs> maybe a little bit surprising, but good, a good surprise, a good surprise. So that can take us right into the deep dive, which is your passion. And you have more than one. And that that is clear from just Instagram itself. I think you're associated with three different accounts, if I'm understanding this correctly, yes? Five oh, and a half. Five <laughs> and a half. Okay. So I f- I'm following you with Laughing with Gingers, which is one of your podcasts. That's the Laughing Humorous Play Games Tell Jokes podcast. Yes, and then yes. you've got The Wedding Dish. I, I've listened to both, by the way. The Wedding Dish which uh, is sort of a behind the scenes uh, of a particular wedding and talking to the couple that got married and some of the, you know, talking about the details, how they arrived at, you know, some of the decisions that they made. Very interesting. I think I already told you, I had listened to the one where they somehow tastefully uh, incorporated um, start, Star Wars, Star Wars with Filipino customs and culture. And, and you as said that it was very well done. It was not, you know, it's hard to picture that without picturing kitschy. Yeah. Cheesy, whatever. And you, you know what? When you get married, you get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. But this was done in a space where, um, it was like, you know, like heavy leather furniture, like kind of like old bank DC okay, is right. kind of the way I would, I would almost t- call it like a vault okay. um, is the way that this building feels. It's really cool. And they used all wooden pieces. So it looked really like tasteful in there. It was crazy. I could not believe it because when I, when I heard that they combined those things, I could not picture it. And, um, and yeah, so it was just like really cool. And um, actually a lot of the, it really went together because a lot of the shapes work together. Wow. I, I, interesting that you mentioned the wood. It, it looked like it belonged. So everything yeah. they did felt like it belonged. Well, that well, they really pulled that off. Okay. So the, the wedding dish. Okay. So, and then you also have a company where I think it's a networking company, correct? Where you host events and get people to talk to each other and network. Okay. So I don't even know where to start. Ah. I don't know. I don't know. I know. Let's start this way. Let's start chronologically. What came first? What came first is actually not on your list. Okay. Um, Tell us. So I am, um, I'm a photographer. My master's degree is in, um, in photography and digital imagery and, um, which means, you know, 
includes video, basically. Um, so I actually own a wedding photography company um, called Photos from the Hardy. Um, it's at Photos from Heart, H-A-R-T on Instagram. Um, <laughs> okay. So that was my side hustle when this is, you are about to really get a deep dive into my personality and, and stuff. It's going to throw you for a little bit of a loop. I've just okay. got to warn you. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. So I taught darkroom photography, um, TV production, and um, digital photography at a high school in Maryland. Um, That was what I was doing when I met my husband. um, And I did that for seven years. I just crossed in May the threshold where I have now been out of teaching longer than I was in. Um, So I've been out for eight years. So Photos from the Hardy was my side hustle for summer stuff so that I I used that to finance my, um, you know, backpacking through Europe during the summer. And I would photograph weddings on the weekend and, you know, then just teach. And I would get to use those photos to show like how to edit things. So it actually worked out great for me. So, um, and the kids loved it. They loved seeing all of that. Um, and they, you know, they just, they really enjoyed it. I used to take them with me. I've actually employed several of my students in the past. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, a lot of them actually have worked for both of my companies. Um, so uh, trigger warning here. I got attacked by a student in the hallway while I was verbally oh. breaking up a fight. Oh. Um, and one of the students that was fighting or a completely separate student, one of the students who was fighting. Oh gosh. Um, and he, one kid came out of the bathroom, restrained the, the kid that was getting like really, really, really beat up. Like this was the most violent fight I'd ever seen. Oh. Um, And so then the other kid had the aggressor, I guess, had a little minion is what I called him because he basically fake held him back. Um, He had him like loosely around the waist. So once they were both kind of restrained and the kid was still holding on the other onto the other kid's shirt and just wailing on his face. Um, then I subconsciously stepped forward with one of my feet and he, when they got detached, then, um, the, the kid looked at me, realized I was there. Um, cause I don't think he'd even noticed me to that point. And then he leaned back on the kid that was holding him, um, and used the f- sheer force to stomp on my foot. Um, which doesn't sound like it would do a heck of a lot of damage, but unfortunately, yeah. And he killed the nerve that runs, um, on the the top joint of my foot. He crushed it in there and it took a year to diagnose, um, to figure out what was actually wrong. So it died all the way from my toes up to my knee. Um, so I couldn't go back to teaching, um, because I can't, I have very limited amount of standing time. Um, so I decided, you know, I can't sit around and do nothing. So I was like, okay, well, I can't photograph weddings by myself anymore. So I'm going to bring on a team. Right. So I started trying to go to networking events and I would get a lot of, um, oh, you're a photographer. Well, I'm a photographer. I don't need to know you. You're my competition and turn around and block oh. me. Oh. It was brutal. And I am just not built like that. Also, my agenda wasn't to go there and swipe your like, you know, planner that you're trying to woo or whatever. Like right. 
I know that the planner isn't generally where I'm getting the referral. First of all, it's the venue. (laughs) That is neither here nor there. (laughs) Wow. Pro tip for any wedding people out there, um, because that's what they book first, the venue. Oh, very good. Um, And then, so, um, so I started District Bliss then, which is my networking organization and community community. So I started that because I wanted to break the system. I didn't like that I was striking out. I couldn't find photographers that like actually wanted to be friends and potentially work with me. Um, And, you know, I pay them well because they're just, they're additional photographers. They're not under me as a second shooter. So, um, you know, I'm paying them for what they're actually doing. And um, so I I have a team now um, and I guess I wasn't the only one that felt like that at networking events. So, um, very good. Yeah. So it got wildly popular. It was all in person. It wasn't intended to be a business. It just had to become a business because, um, there eventually money was coming in and out of it. Um, so I, that became my other business, um, by accident. (laughs) Right. Because you, you did it, you did it because you didn't like how the, the ones you were going to, they weren't successful in, in true connection and inspiration from fellow uh, photographers or whoever is at, you know, a wedding networking kind of a thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that came next. So we're, 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 we're a teacher. Now we're a photographer. Well, we already were a photographer. We were teaching photography <clears throat> and we're also photographing weddings while that's happening. And so now you go to networking events and now you've created your own networking event business. Yes. Um, okay. So then, oh my gosh. Okay. So what comes next? So actually then comes my dog. <laughs> <laughs> my dog has an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Just where it's fun for me. Um, but yeah, so my my dog, Clouseau, the inspector, um, he's a French <laughs> bulldog named after the Pink Panther. Yes. Um, it's his birthday today. And, Happy birthday, Clouseau. <laughs> he might, you may hear him snoring on this podcast. <laughs> it just adds character. Well, it's yeah, fair. we welcome, we welcome authenticity. So it's all good. <laughs> um, oh, wait, I forgot my personal account. Oh, I, that's where it really started. Cause, um, so my personal account, you know, I'm an early adopter of something when I have the username, Sarah without an H. Okay. So that is my Instagram handle for my personal account, um, which I do use to support my business, but I also share like real things on there. Okay. <laughs> Outside of just, you know, business things. And then from after Clouseau comes the wedding dish. Um, so I decided that I wanted to start a podcast. I knew that I wanted it to be in the wedding arena. I wanted it to be something that provided quality content for um, both entrepreneurs and couples who are Ooh, planning a wedding. Um, yes. Because, you know, we kind of forget about that. And, and as entrepreneurs in the wedding industry, you have to educate your clients on how to buy from you. And a lot of times we forget that. So it's kind of, it, it felt like a way I could bundle it together, helping educate the couples Mm -hmm. and also um, talking with the entrepreneurs about their experiences. So um, it's just, it's, it worked 
great. Um, Clouseau is my co-host. I initially had a co-host um, pre-COVID. Um, so Steph and I started it, um, Steph Norton, who was my co-host initially. And then um, when we went uh, remote, because we were podcasting over full service radio, which unfortunately did not make it through the pandemic, um, out of the line hotel. And then we, um, when we went remote, she just wasn't like super into that idea. And I get it. Like it's hard to go from doing something in person to doing it online. (laughs) It's different. Um, but I also, you know, I loved it. I put a lot of time into it. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing it. And so we shook hands, parted ways. And then, um, that was in September 2019 is when we started the wedding dish. So it's been around for a while. And then in July 2020, I started laughing with gingers with Christina Curry, my co-host, because um, we we were doing virtual co-working and brainstorming sessions every Friday. <laughs> and we spent 50% of the time laughing and I and, and sharing weird facts with each other. So I was like, why don't we make this a podcast? And of course she said, yes. So the rest is history. And we've been oh, doing it for oh. one year yesterday. <laughs> oh my gosh. A lot of good, a lot of good things to celebrate here. Okay. <laughs> Where, where, okay, so you've got a lot going on. I'm kind of curious how you, how you focus. Is it like, how often do the different podcasts come out? That That's one thing I'm wondering. And then how do you, how do you like segment your day or how does that work? How does it work? Tell us. I, it do, it sounds like so much. And yet I get up at probably 930 and I get out about around 930 in the morning and I close my computer by seven at the latest. And I don't work weekends unless I'm photographing a wedding. Okay. Um, so it sounds like I'm doing a crazy amount of stuff, which I am realistically. However, I have a system that really works. So I'm happy to talk about it. Um, first of all, the podcast, we we launch out um, weekly and then we take a three-week break between seasons. Seasons are 16 episodes. And that's Laughing speaking. with Gingers. Both of them. Oh, both of them. Mm-hmm. Do they stop at the same time? So that obviously you have the three weeks, the actual three weeks off of both. Uh, I bulk record the wedding dish. So I schedule all of my interviews on two different Thursdays of the month, and then I schedule them all to go live. So, um, wow. Yeah. So it's a lot on those like two days or three days, I guess. Um, but it works really well for me because then, you know, I record live to tape, which is the only way this works, because if that piece wasn't in the puzzle, I would not be able to make this happen. Um, So what live to tape means is that I record it and then it goes up to the air as it is afterwards. So no editing. Every um is in there. If I drop an F-bomb, it goes out to the airwaves. It's just if I make a really embarrassing mistake or if someone interrupts me or something, you know, somebody rings the doorbell. I pause. Of course, you can pause. <laughs> you can do that in real time. Um, but I, if I had to do any editing, even though I know how to do it and I have done it when there's been like an emergency, like if um, we had somebody come in hot, like really loud into the, my guest's space and they freaked out, like just couldn't get themselves back into right. like record mode. 
<clears throat> so I have the ability to edit and I will edit if I need to. It's just not a normal practice for me because um, I just don't have the time. I'm unwilling to invest that time and right. I'm not monetizing fast enough to pay someone to do it for me, especially given that I can do it myself. And I know myself well enough that I can record live to tape. <laughs> right. Okay. So both your shows are record live to tape. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's very impressive. Uh, it's I mean, to me, it was just the easier choice, but I do understand that it sounds impressive when, because <laughs> it just sounds very impressive <laughs> <laughs> to me. It's like, Oh, it was just easier, <laughs> but you know, I taught TV production. We had an Emmy award winning, seriously had an Emmy award winning news program, um, wow. for my students. So great. Yeah, I have multiple students. I saw two of them last night that won Emmys um, for their photojournalism projects, but um, that went out live to tape. So if my high school kids could do it, I knew that there yes. was no way I would have a problem, which is why this all became a thing. <laughs> oh, that's, well, that, and, and that really does help, obviously, with the other things you're doing t- to know that you it's in your wheelhouse to be able to release it that way. Yes. Yeah. And I, it gave me the confidence I needed to not worry about how many times I say, I love that because I say it constantly. It is <laughs> you so and me both. You and me both. Oh, that's the thing I say, gosh. but I don't hear it when you, when I listen to your podcast and I'm sure you don't hear it when yeah. well, now you will. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? If I've just come to recognize if I say it that I, I mean, I'm meeting it in that moment. And so, you know, I need to get over it because nobody else is, you know, yeah, nobody else is counting the ums except you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So what's next on the horizon as we uh, draw to a close here? So um, right now I am working on launching. Um, we're doing, we have a symposium that is going to be coming up for district bliss. Um, which I'm really excited about. And it's going to be about hosting events um, so that you not only, um, you not only feel comfortable, have all the tools you need, can be accessible and inclusive to all audience, including, you know, including like the deaf and hard of hearing communities. Um, And, um, you know, really like line up your brand with your values and showcase who you are um, as a brand, but then converting people who attend your event into raving fans, like people who are saying, hey, come to me, come with with me to this next event. Um, because, you know, that's that's my wheelhouse is, is attending events, photographing them and throwing them. Um, and I noticed that there's a bit of a confidence gap and an imposter syndrome situation, and then just the systems and tech. And there, it's so overwhelming. You know how overwhelming talking about accessibility is. And so, um, you know, yes. ca- like offering closed captions and transcripts and what best practices are, because you want to do it right. You know, you don't, right. if you're, you don't want to make a mistake. Like you want to, you are, you want to to be show up the way that you believe. Um, so I'm launching that with Aaron Perkins from um, Mabel EQ, who is my operations manager um, for District Bliss. And then um, Christina Curry, who is my co-host for Laughing with Gingers, because she's a marketing expert and Aaron is an accessibility educator. So, um, so I'm really excited about it. It's happening uh, the first week of October. So now, is that an in-person event, an online event, or both? Online. Um, okay. 
I'm not ready to open up to in person yet because um, the guilt that would sit on my heart if something uh, were to happen, I don't think I could recover from that. Mm-hmm. No, I and it makes perfect perfect sense. If there's one, th- if we can look at some of the good that has come out of this horrible, horrible time, uh, it's ha- it's learning all these new ways to still be in connection and, and maybe even more so connected to people, which, you know, silver lining or however you want to frame it. It's a good thing. There have been good things to come out of COVID. I agree. We would never have signed up for it. We would, we don't wish it on anybody. We're sad for all of the the deaths and the devastation. And we, we look to the good things that have come out of it to, um, to carry us forward because, you know, I met you. I know. And we may not have ever met otherwise. I know different parts of the country. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. This has been such a treat. I knew I've been looking forward to this so much because we have so much fun on those Zoom calls. Um, Just spending this time getting to know you better and getting to know your passions and all of the many things you're doing. I love that there is nothing you won't try. I love that about you. It's like, (laughs) I've got this idea. Okay, I'm going to make it a reality. I'm going to give it a whirl. Let's see what happens. I think that that is so admirable. And you inspire me very much so by by saying, oh, I see a need here. Okay, how can I fill that? Okay, I'm going to fill that. Okay, and here we go. And you do it. It's just the best. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And I look forward to our our next. uh, Are you going to be on the Thursday call? Oh, I'm sure. The Breakfighters call? (laughs) Yes. We highly recommend them, by the way. (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. That's how we met. That's how we met. All right. I'm going to include all of your many ways that we can get in touch with you. Uh, in 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 the show notes and the whole the whole the whole deal is going to just people will just be able to in multiple ways get in touch with you. <laughs> I love all the things you're doing, Sarah. Sarah without an H. That's so fun. That's so like you. I, I love discovering this whimsical side of you. Thank you for sharing it with me. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Okay. Say a happy birthday, Clouseau, and we'll see you soon. Okay, Sarah. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. My takeaways from Sarah are, be sure you look for and celebrate what's funny. Take initiative because you never know what might stick. Even if it doesn't, it will likely lead you somewhere else that could be even better than where you are now. We keep calling it pivoting on the show, and I think it's the perfect term to describe how to move forward. As she shares it, Sarah has done that multiple times and has the chutzpah to see it through. She's pretty cool for that in my book. And yes, I said cool. I like the word and what it means to me. The Unabashed You website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode page with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. Want to lend your support and encouragement? 
Um, we invite you to follow, rate, review, and share. Our social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, Unabashed You. Goodbye, Twitter. We hardly knew you. We're not on TikTok or Snapchat, and I'm okay with that. Truth is, we cannot do it all and do it well. If you want to connect, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com for questions, comments, etc. And if you want to be on our weekly email list highlighting that week's episode, give me a shout. I'd be happy to add you. Your info will not be shared. We build upon website visits, social media, and word of mouth to share these episodes. We are grateful for growth, knowing these conversations help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. So continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our blessing. Laugh out loud at yourself for one minute. It will detox the seriousness and urgency of your mind. Today is not a normal day. It is an extraordinary one. Amen. Author unknown. So go on, laugh, be unabashed, be you.